Are you ready for the quantum age? Humanity's next step in evolution? Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you to the extraordinary platform of evolutionary voices for the quantum age. Let's explore. Learn more about this upcoming age where we bridge science with spirituality. Where potentiality meets reality. Where we take compassion into action. Our trailblazers and visionaries will ask the whys, the what ifs, while igniting continuous possibility. Come along with us into an age beyond what we know today, where we can grow together in unity consciousness. Experience evolutionary voices for the quantum age, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on DreamVision7Radio.com. Welcome to Awakening to True Happiness with modern-day mystic David Hoffmeister, offering you the how-to to spiritual awakening by addressing on a practical level answers to your deepest questions. David Hoffmeister is a world-renowned teacher of A Course in Miracles and has been traveling the world for the past quarter of a century, offering his wisdom to audiences wherever invited. On this show, you'll hear recordings of David's best live talks, inviting you into an experience of deep wisdom and true clarity. To learn more about David, visit his website at davidhoffmeister.com. Awakening to True Happiness with David Hoffmeister is part of Evolutionary Voices for the Quantum Age. Heard Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Been doing this ministry for decades, but actually, it seems like for the first time, Jesus is really bringing in a prison ministry because our books are getting into the prisons now. And it's amazing with our deep books uh, and people who are seemingly a captive audience where they, they can't get away from the books. Uh, it's an interesting combination. If, if you believe you're in there for guilt and the books say you're not guilty, you're innocent, and you're a captive audience, then then basically you get to face the belief in guilt and let it go. And more than our books, we've got boxes of books that have made it inside the prisons, but now uh, our friend Jeffrey Kosker, who's, who will be ordained on, on the 5th, he has now got the Movie Watcher's Guide to Enlightenment in the prisons. It was his biggest wish that he could show movies, do teachings, and have training these people who are serving prison terms about the metaphysics and of awakening. And they are already uh, using the movies and, and teaching, so inside the prison population. Talk about rehabilitation, talk about restoration, talk about resurrection. Uh, it's those that have been a captive audience that are starting to, through the movies, see their innocence, see that they never did anything wrong. Uh, some of you know, I years ago, I, I read a letter that uh, my friend Dale, who he's been in prison for quite a few years for murder, and he's gone so deep with the materials that uh, he and, and a few, couple others are, are, are to the point now where they are going to be actively teaching uh, innocence through the movies. And, 
and beautiful too with their own language as spirit speaks through them. And the language in prison can be quite colorful, so there can be huge joy, huge innocent, innocence and laughter, and lots of F-bombs flying everywhere. And they are particularly enjoying the awakening because they are able to let it, Jesus speak through them in the language for those that they're speaking to. So I don't think the world's seen or heard anything like that with such joy and so many F-bombs all together. It's a very unusual combination. Usually uh, the F-bombs are, are said in anger in the world, but not in prison when they're defining their divine innocence. They're, they're grateful to really let fly with all kind of colorful language. So it's, it's another way of using Holy Spirit using what the ego made uh, in a very appropriate and relevant language for the listener. And in this case, it's the prisoners. Then there's also, uh, Jeffrey's been going to a lot of women's prisons now, and the women are just completely gobbling up these teachings from Jesus and the Course and, and our material. So, so there's going to be, a, when they are released from these prisons, there's going to be a wave of them coming out, all fired up, having been in captivity, waiting for their their release dates or their parole dates or whatever seems to be part of the system. They're going to be ready to go up and out. And uh, and also Jeffrey is in the process of building a, a rather spacious, large retreat center in uh, Nevada uh, over... Uh, in western Nevada, and that seems to be a lot of the people that will be coming out will be helping out is in the years to come with these retreats. So these are people that have gone through uh, rehabilitation in, in every sense of the word, from being uh, in prison and then coming out and realizing their innocence, what they thought they did has not occurred. Uh, in a very deep experiential way, so they can they have such joy, such grace, such happiness, you know, to tell share the good news, and that's just, that's what Jesus was teaching back then. You know, even when when they would group of men, Sanhedrin or whatever, would grab uh, someone who they'd caught in the act of adultery, and they would bring, drag her in front of uh, Jesus and a whole crowd. And that was just another opportunity for Jesus to teach divine innocence, even in those kind of circumstances where the evidence was being presented as if this person has sinned, they have violated the Ten Commandments, clearly the Ten Commandments teach thou shalt not commit adultery, and here we, we've caught them in the act. And what do you say, Jesus? And and of course, you know, he he would pause and gaze with those everlasting loving eyes and just say, you know, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. He would throw it back on everyone else, knowing that, that the Christ was present and the Christ would not be casting any stones. Uh, because divine innocence knows that the divine innocence is real and true. So he would go right there when they would have all the evidence, and he would teach divinity in the midst of what seemed to be uh, evidence to the contrary. 
So I think that's, that's another exciting aspect. We've never really had a prison ministry, but, but I can see where, where the mind is really ready for that now, and, and there are those that are really taking this in and, and really taking it to heart. So uh, they are, we could say, a very receptive audience for these ideas of innocence, and then when they do get released or paroled, then they are ready to go proclaim the good news. Uh, more like uh, Martin Luther King, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty I'm free at last, and go shooting out of the prison <laughs> to extend the good news. And it really is good news because, because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of joy, and the Holy Spirit's curriculum is one of joy, and that is the keynote. So that's why, as Kirsten was saying, we're going from it was actually a very good program, the Mystical Mind Training. It took all the aspects of the teachings of A Course in Miracles and put it into an audio-visual medium where there were exercises and mind training partners and all kinds of mechanisms to help with the transfer of training. But now it's time for us to, to put it all into demonstration and action and there is no stronger point of demonstration and action other than this moment. It's, this moment is not a past-future moment. We can let the Spirit use the stories of time, but even when the Spirit uses the story of time, they point to eternity. They point to this instant of release. So that's why Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. A hand is very close. And we are going to continue to proclaim this good news that, that is one of innocence. Uh, in Australia, they have a saying, no worries, mate. Uh, that's another version of the kingdom of heaven is at hand down in, uh, in the land down under, where women glow and men thunder. Uh, we're, we're seeing that no worries, mate. I mean, I've spent, I went to, Australia, seven consecutive years. I kept flying over Hawaii, and then I finally did stop in Hawaii, and then uh, JP was there. That's how I met JP, and JP came along and has been with me and went with us ever since. But I did hear, when I went there, no worries, mate. I heard a lot. That was, it was a beautiful thing to hear. No worries, mate. No worries, mate. You know, it's basically saying there are no worries. And yet, this is not kind of like with the Lion King, Akuna Matata was, there was a bit of denial in that no cares, no worries for the rest of your life. Just eat the bugs and <laughs> forget about your sorrows. But this is even deeper than eating bugs. Uh, this, this, is, this is amazing. I'm looking at all this lush green, and everywhere we look is lush green. A friend of mine just came to Mexico uh, for the first time in her life, and she just arrived yesterday, and so I was talking to her about an hour ago, and the one impression she had was, she said, it seems like the plants and trees and flowers here are happy. That, she said, they seem, she feels the energy of happiness. The plants are happy. I said, yeah, they're, they're always happy, but lately it's been raining a lot, so they're extra happy now. 
it's just that they're just getting showered with moisture and they were already happy, but now they're ecstatic. So she could feel the vibe of that because she's actually considering uh, coming and moving to this area. And, and that was an interesting observation from her first full day. The plants are happy. <laughs> that was her, her summary. But I feel like that's really what our life is about. We're here to be a demonstration of happiness. We're here to be a demonstration of joy. And we're here to, to bring a blessing where there seemed to be sorrow or seemed to be darkness, where there seemed to be hurt. We are to bring the blessing of eternal life, the reminder of eternal life. We're just here to be the light of the world, the reminder of eternity in a real practical, moment-by-moment, day-by-day way. And it's not that there's any kind of big show with it, but it's just, you know, we have plenty of opportunities to practice in our, our community because of all of our daily interactions and because of all these opportunities that we get. And, and if there is a call to travel, you know, of course we say yes to the call. If there's a call to extend in, in any way, we say yes to that call. The movie that I'm going to show next week, it will be, uh, it's an Indian movie, but it's it's also a, kind of a masterpiece. It's, you know, by the time I do set up and stop it for commentary, the movie itself is two hours and 50 minutes long. But I have to say, when I watched it, my experience of it was it was, it felt like it was two minutes long. It's so well done with such amazing special effects and new techniques uh, that have never been done in India cinema. And I don't think I've ever seen this kind of technique um, maybe used sporadically, but not consistently throughout a two-hour and 50-minute movie. It's, it's, there's some techniques uh, that are, this is the filmmaker's first film, and wow, what a splash. I felt like I w it took about two minutes, and then when I looked at my watch, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that was like two hours and 50 minutes, but it seemed like two minutes. But, but what it's going to really show us, as a little sneak peek, is going to show us that, that the idea of karma, Erica brought up the idea of karma, it's going to, and India, of course, is famous for karma, and it's... But it's going to take the karma idea, and there only seems to be karma that seems to be in the linear world of time and space because of the duality, because of the beliefs in opposite. Because of the yin and the yang, there seems to be karma. If you transcend the yin and the yang, if you transcend the opposites, then that is the end of the karma. That's where the divine innocence comes in. But as long as you have a belief in opposites, then the guilt is pushed down and, and it's in the unconscious mind and it just seems to be acted out. And this movie is a masterpiece of Bollywood, India storytelling woven together in a way in which um, the opposites seem to keep being brought together in, in many, many different ways so that it starts to become more obvious that they're the same, that the really, the th what seems to be opposite is not opposite at all. And that's where it's the end of the yin and the yang, it's the end of the opposites. 
that's why I think it's such a, a great masterpiece because it, it actually goes back and has flashbacks into previous centuries, ancient centuries, and then comes forward. And then we start to see the, the yin and the yang and everything coming together in this movie. And, and that's really what forgiveness is. There's a part in A Course in Miracles where Jesus says, make this year different by making it all the same. He's actually calling us to see the sameness of everything in this world of time and space. That, that it's just a narrative that seems to string it out and make it into stories, but, but it actually is, is simultaneous. There's actually even uh, Angel Studios, some of you know that the Angel Studio is the, the maker of uh, The Chosen. Uh, and now we're getting ready to enter into season four of The Shows, Chosen. But Angel Studio just released a movie and it's, it's in theaters now. It's called The Shift. And it's showing the world as if everything is happening simultaneously. This is coming from Angel Studios, the maker of, of The Chosen. That a, It's a world of simultaneity. And yet, in this movie, the devil is using the differences that seem to be disguising the simultaneity to keep people from feeling love and feeling connected. And, and what we know from Jesus in the Course is that there's a Holy Spirit way of looking at the world, which is unified awareness or unified perspective, which sees the sameness of all things. So as long as the mind perceives the differences, then it seems like there's a karmic loop of things. Trials are but lessons where something that was not learned before is presented once again, so you have another opportunity to choose again and see the sameness, to see everything is equally the same. That's one way of saying that there's no order of difficulty of miracles, which some of you know, that the 50 miracle principles, that's the first one. If Jesus starts off the miracle principles with something you know, it's good to take note. There's no order of difficulty in miracles. And then later it's restated as there's no hierarchy of illusions. The reason that there's no order of difficulty in miracles and no hierarchy of illusions is because everything is the same everything in form is really a tapestry and it's only the ego that makes things seem to exist in and of themselves. What makes a tulip a tulip? It's delineated from the rest of the cosmos by its shape, by its, its color, by its texture, by its meaning. Nothing exists in and of itself. There are you know, we've heard the songs over the years, God didn't make no little green apples. Remember that song? God didn't make no little green apples. Yeah, that's, that's metaphysically correct. Ding! That song is actually metaphysically correct. God didn't make no little green apples because God knows not form. God is, is abstract love and light, and light doesn't know of darkness. Perfect love cast out fear, meaning in perfect love there is no fear. And there never was and there never will be. It's, it's just a complete flip from the world of illusions, which seems to be that 
fear seems to be prevalent and it seems to exist, but but the pathway that we're going on is by the grace of God we're, we're being shown that love is real and that love has no opposite. So practically speaking, as we apply this, we are just seemingly given moment-by-moment opportunities to, in Jesus' terms, be in true empathy, to stay in the light, to stay in the vertical, to stay in what's real, to stay in what's true. And even words in spirituality like unified consciousness, at some point, we have to let everything go. We have to, we have to let unified consciousness go because Jesus tells us that consciousness is the domain of the ego and you can't retain any scraps of the ego to know the truth. So consciousness was the first split, Jesus tells us, and, and, and from that split levels arose and we have levels of consciousness and we have seemingly different aspects of consciousness, but, but in truth there's not any consciousness. Uh, and yet it is a step to starting to realize everything is mind. So unified consciousness would be forgiveness, but forgiveness itself is an illusion because in heaven there's nothing to forgive. So, so what we do is we bring the illusions to the truth over and over and over until it dawns on our mind that, that there are no exceptions to this healing principle. That everything, when brought back to mind, everything is seen as it truly is and then it's, it's handed over. And that is just a, a guided way, I'll call it a guided way of, of going step by step towards, towards what is real and what is true. I saw somebody saying today, I think it was on Facebook, that, that we create different aspects of reality, but, but reality is spirit and there, in reality there aren't really different aspects to love. It's just whether we, we will continue to try to deny the love by perceiving different levels and aspects or whether we say, I was wrong about it all and we open up to accept the truth. The biggest threat, of course, is the fear of loss of autonomy and of individuality. So that when there's resistance, if you really go down deep enough with the resistance, you can see that, that the ego made something that wasn't real, and when the mind identified with that something that wasn't real, it became attached to illusions, and now it's afraid of the truth. It's afraid of love. It's afraid to go back to the origin. It's afraid to go back to the source because every step towards that remembrance of the source seems to be a, a sense of loss. And, and that's just the belief in loss playing out. Oh, what am I going to lose? What do I have to give up for Lent? What do I have to give up? You know, it it's a, seems to be a, a process of giving up, but it's actually the illusion of giving up. It's the illusion of surrender. So that's what our ministry is about, is about opening and yielding and, and aligning with, with the joy and, and letting that just shine through us and in a practical way. And that's what we're doing. That's what this is about. Every day, every moment, we're, we're just facing that. 
facing anything that comes up that's saying, stop, hold on, hold up there. <laughs> Not so fast. And then the Spirit's like saying, come, come unto me. Come unto me. Lay all your burdens down. Lay your worries and cares down. So, yeah, exciting times in our Chautauqua days. This is our our second to last Chautauqua of this month. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy. We've got, do we have our roving mics? Yeah. One, yeah, we've got one at each end. So, maybe we can just open up to the dialogue of, of this beautiful transfer of training. Yeah, I can just feel my heart is beating really fast right now. Um, yeah, I guess everything you're talking about now is kind of what I'm experiencing, the fear of loss and that feeling. And yeah, I just feel depressed. And I feel like I've experienced a new level of fear. Like it's always when I'm about to go to bed or I wake up in the middle of the night and it's, yeah, just this feeling of like <laughs> losing everything. Like everything I felt was security, like having a, country like Denmark you can always kind of fall back on or yeah having a lot of friends family and I feel like the whole social aspect like I can feel that everyone is distancing from me and like my parents feel I don't know they have I feel this coldness and I can just see the money is going down every month and I don't know, it's just this feeling of being stuck in a place where it feels like, okay, I'm just feeling like I'm getting worse and everything that I would use in the world to feel better, like going out, having fun, having a drink, like it's all just stripped away and it just feels like I'm drying out on the inside, like... And I know that the kingdom of heaven is within, but that's just not my experience right now. So yeah, I guess it's, I don't know, another dark night of the soul or yeah, some kind of existential terror of like, what if this goes wrong? And yeah, I want the solution. <laughs> I want to be happy. <laughs> but yeah. I don't want to feel this guilt of like, oh, you should be there now, you know, like I want to extend, I want to be teaching God's love and all of that, but I'm just not really there yet, I guess. But yeah, I just, yeah, I'm open to accept any help. <laughs> I just want to, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I I talked. I had a long call today with our dear friend Lucia, who now goes by Lucy. So she's Siddhartha is going to be the Buddha. <laughs> In our terms, Lucy is from the movie Lucy Transcendent. But yeah, we talked about that that intense fear that 
in her case, it's yeah, it seems to come as panic attacks that strike from nowhere, just a panic. And then when the panic's there, then it's a strong temptation when the fear comes up, and the intensity is there. And then the the thoughts that come like, oh my gosh, maybe, maybe I, she said, I keep thinking, maybe I do need therapy. Maybe I need therapy. And, and I say, but you just, you tried that. We talked in a previous talk about her reality therapy where the therapist was trying to convince her how lucky and grateful and thankful she should be because she has it so much better than other people in the world. And I said, that's what was called reality therapy. I said, that seems like comparison therapy. She said, oh, that's right, I, I tried that, it didn't work. But you see, that's when, when the fear comes up, the intensity's there, then the mind will try to revert into, maybe I need help, and it will think of, try to think of anything in the world therapy something that will help but it's like it's like when you start to go for god it's like a free fall like you're like you're in a free fall and it it doesn't seem like there's anything to hold on to cuz the things that were used before as kind of a something to cling to or hold to even temporarily they it doesn't seem to work anymore like when you try to grab on to something like that. You've already been through that and and kind of seen the pointlessness of it. So there's there's not really a strong incentive to grab anymore. It's just you notice some ideas and thoughts come up and then you think, I, I just have to keep falling. So on the call today, we, we talked a lot about the third lesson of the Holy Spirit, which is be vigilant for God and His kingdom. Vigilant is a pretty strong word. You know, it's like, if you come through the first two lessons, you know, the first one is the most radical, to have, give all to all. That's clearly the opposite of all of our programming. None of us would have entered the world of business, the world of commerce, the world of education, if the first premise was to have, give all to all. If we had gone for that one, we would have saved ourselves a lot of, of reaching for nothing which is a lot of work. You've done that, I've done that, we've done that. And so to have give all to all, Jesus says, is is the one, the only lesson of the Holy Spirit that really requires your active participation. Wow, so that means the next two, it's more like I'm just kind of like in the tractor beam and it's like, yeah, if you if you are willing to actively pull your mind away from the bigger, better, faster, more world, uh, you oh, it'll get better in the future. If you have more of this, more, more, more. Wasn't there a song, More Love? It was a Kim, Kim Carnes. It was more, more of something. Jesus says, what is an idol? Do you think you know? An idol is for more of something. It does not matter more of what. So the first step away, which you've taken, is to have, give all to all. And the ego doesn't like that one because the ego is like, yeah, yeah, do that and you're dead. Uh, <laughs> to have, give all to all. It's like, they didn't teach us that in economics. Uh, it was all supply and demand. They didn't teach us, yeah, the ego is, 
is really fired up about that one. They just did not teach us to have give all to all, you know. Uh, in fact, when I've talked with Erica, she said, yeah, I kind of feel like, I really feel like the only, I, 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 I want to work to pay off my debts and to kind of get out of that system. So if I get into the ministry, I can do it freely. Like Jesus taught, you know, freely you have received, now freely give. We all have a sense that our calling and our ministry is not one of reciprocity, not one of supply and demand. It's, it's freely you have received, now freely give. It's receive the miracles and give them away. That's, that's our calling. And then the second lesson of the Holy Spirit is, is to have, teach, teach what you would have, you, you know, to, you, if you want love, you have to teach it, you have to give it away. To, to have the love, you have to teach the love. And that means experientially in every situation that we come across, that teach only love is, is what we're being called to do. That again is not human. That is not, doesn't seem like a realistic human goal. People would say, well, that's ridiculous, you know, to to have peace, teach peace, to learn it. Wait a minute, that's that's really far out. Like John Denver would say, far out, man. Uh, that is far out, to have peace, teach peace, to learn it. And then the third lesson is, is be vigilant for God in his kingdom because, because the third lesson is the Holy Spirit bringing together having and being, which the, the recognition of the final lesson of the Holy Spirit is what I have is what I am. That doesn't work in the world because, you know, you can have a family, but it's not that you are that family. You can have a bank account, but it's not like you are that bank account. You can have a country like Denmark, but it's not like you are Denmark. And the last one is that having and being are the same, that what you have is what you are. So the ego has invented a different definition of having. It believes you can have stuff and have things, have money, have cars, have houses, have, have babies, have countries. And that being, which is what we are, is different from having. It would say that you can have things as a person, but, but Jesus is saying, no, what you have is spirit, and what you are is spirit, and, you, and there's nothing else. And you can see how deep that is. That's why the fear comes up, because when you, when you free fall. I remember you weren't in the community too much, and, and you were like, wow, you people are talking about giving up the world literally. <laughs> you were like saying, literally. This is not metaphorically. This is like, this is literally, you know. And that's the part where the ego, the resistance comes shooting up because it doesn't mind if it's metaphorical. <laughs> but, but the literal part would mean that there's no ego. <laughs> if you... If you have love and you are love, and love is all that you are, or like Popeye, the, the, the cartoon said, I am what I am, and that's all that I am. That was Popeye speaking divine truth. You know, he was giving us in the cartoon version of divinity. So, when the fear arises, the only thing you really have to be aware of is that 
the ego wants you, as the fear comes up, it wants you to conclude something. And that conclusion can be, I'm not worthy. Or the conclusion can be, I'm never going to get this. Or I'm never going to make it. I'm going to fail. Uh, it can come up in the form of comparison. Others seem to have it, but I don't. You know, a lot of times people look at our Living Miracles community and, and I will get an actual s sincere question. Someone once said to me not too long ago, they said, does anybody in the Living Miracle community still have any emotions coming up? <laughs> Nicholas raises his hand like he's the first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that was an actual question. Does anyone in the li Living Miracle community have any lessons coming up, any emotions, or do they have any lessons left to learn? Because maybe they just see a bunch of happy faces smeared all over the place of Facebook for years. <laughs> and then they're, they're like, oh well. They're happy. I'm not. <laughs> They've completed their lessons. They're just having a happy dream. Just happy, 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 happy every day. Nothing but happiness. And then no wonder they want to kind of stay away because they're afraid that it might be contagious. They get too close and <laughs> they're absorbed in, never to be heard again, in a ball of joy. Just where did they go? Somewhere in that ball of joy, Living Miracles ball of joy. They got absorbed. They got uh, assimilated into that. But that's the thing, is that when the fear comes up, the main thing when the fear is up, it's just a darkness arising for release. So it's actually, it needs to go that way. Like Jesus says, you have to go through the darkness to the light. So it's going just great, except the ego is saying, see, not great, not great, not great. And then it will try to get you conclude to conclude something about your identity. The ego is fishing for a conclusion. It wants you to succumb to it during the fear. The intensity's there, and the ego's like, succumb, give in, succumb to me. You know, it's like saying, succumb to the fear and conclude something. I am not worthy. I'm not going to get this. Others will get this, but I won't get, you know, it will use some kind of conclusion. So when I was talking to Lucy, Today I was just saying, yeah, that's the main thing, is just you have to be able to watch it without concluding anything. Because that conclusion that it wants you to make is about your identity. Because it wants to be right about separation. And Jesus is, is there saying, I'll wait as long as it takes, but your identity is is a destiny that is unchangeable, that is invulnerable. And, and in fact, it's, it's inevitable. You know, ego will try to resist the inevitable, but in the end, you know, the ego itself is, is trying to put up a lot of huffing and puffing and trickery and shame and guilt and all kinds of games to try to elicit a, a conclusion. 
And then Jesus is just saying is just allow it to move through, but don't conclude anything about yourself. Don't conclude anything. You know, leave it open. Leave it open. Say, here I am, Lord. I'm, I'm still willing to be shown. Bill Thetford was one of the first two Course in Miracles students on the planet, and at one point he was going through a lot of difficulty and frustration and darkness, and, and Jesus told Helen, he said, here, I, I have a prayer for Bill, and the prayer was only four words, and the four words were, here I am Lord, because it, it had to be something that, like a mantra that Bill could, could use during times of temptation, during times of intensity. Because the fear doesn't feel good, but it's almost like, uh, it's like when they, they would send a, 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 a space, an Apollo uh, rocket ship to the moon, and then it would, it would get down to the return to the Earth's atmosphere would get down to the, what they called the lunar module, just a little triangle, kind of cylinder triangle looking thing that would have to come in through the Earth's atmosphere. And it would be, they had to have a heat shield on it because the re-entry was so much heat and intensity that without the heat shield it would just disintegrate. And that's, in one way, that's kind of like when we're re-entering towards the Christ. There's a lot of heat, there's a lot of, of ego resistance generated, like that little lunar module coming back to Earth. And, and in one sense, it is beautiful that, like Jesus says, you will not go on alone from here, mighty companions go with you. And it's best to think of those mighty companions, they're just witnesses and reminders that are just there to, to be by your side and to, to offer you love and nurturing and support. And when I was talking to Lucy today, I was saying, yeah, I, I know when I was into the Course, it was extremely intense. And it seems like for a period of the, of the journey of the Parable of David that I, I kind of had to seemingly white-knuckle it. I, I didn't seem to have a lot of mighty companions around me. Um, and I pretty much was feeling like I, I said, I'm going to have to go through this darkness somehow. So it got to be so intense that I would just tell Jesus, please help me in some way. And I went to a series of hermitages. So I would be out in the woods uh, kind of dropping through it, dropping through all that intensity. Did I have somebody to hold me? No. I, I could imagine I would like Jesus Send me a mighty companion to, to hold me during this shaking period. But I would be there in a trailer in the woods. I would light a candle. Um, I would say, please, mighty, something, I need, I need some help. And there would be like, like 14 or 15 cockroaches on the wall uh, enjoying the candlelight with me. La cucaracha. Yeah, that's right. That's... <laughs> And, and, you know, that's, it wasn't quite someone holding me, but, but they were like there with their little antennas going and we were like, we were all just, okay, let's, let's. And then I did have a, one picture of Jesus, but it was, it was him up overlooking Jerusalem and he was sitting there with his hands folded on one knee. 
just looking out over the lights of Jerusalem from a, from a hill. So, yeah, for me and the cockroaches, that was, that was our symbol. It wasn't being held, it was just Jesus calmly looking over the lights below in, in Jerusalem and, 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 and then just trying to move through it the best that I could. And I actually had a series of hermitages. I went to different places where I felt like there could be so much darkness and rage coming up that I don't really know if I, if I could handle having people around. Uh, unless it was someone to hold me, <laughs> and that wasn't showing up. So I think, you know, that's the value of spiritual community. Is It's just symbols to the mind, but it's symbols of we're all in this together. We're all letting go of this identity as a personality self. It's intense at times, it's extremely intense, and yet in talking to Lucy today, she said, yeah, there's so many miracles. I'm in, a, I'm in a beautiful house with a beautiful garden. Everything is is spacious here. It's It feels like it's an answer. She said, I'm getting whims, 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 whims coming at me all the time. But just some days, it's just the, the panic attack, the fear wells up. And then during that, that's when ideas and thoughts will come. It's like the mind like searching for an escape with something in time and space, you know, which is <laughs> which is part of the problem, you know. It's like looking to the projection to find relief from the projection. It's it makes no sense. We we start to realize it's it's not going to work. So, you know, we concluded we were I was saying, yeah, this is the time for faith. That's what we're we're deepening. Our faith is getting expanded moment by moment and day by day. And we do walk together and the more we extend the miracle, the more we are aware of the miracle in our mind. We, we do see that, like Jesus says, we have, a, we have a storehouse of miracles and that's why he's encouraging us to just give them away so we can receive them ourselves in our mind. There's no limit to the miracles, they just we can just give, give, give all that we want. The miracle blesses the giver and the receiver. So there's no shortage, there's no lack involved in miracle working. But with everything else in the world, it's a world of shortage and lack. The ego will use that on you. What happens when the money runs out? What happens when your family and friends turn completely against you? You know, it will use its doomsday scenarios in the mind to try to get you to make, to succumb to it and, and, and just take something as, as a conclusion that you agree with. And, and that's where depression comes to, when people agree that their life is depressing, it's hopeless, there's, there's no way out, you know, that's where the depression gets gets deeper and deeper. Because the mind's like concluding, you're right, ego. And the ego's like, mm-hmm. I was hoping to get a confession from you <laughs> that that I'm right and that there is no God. That's that's the confession that it wants, that the ego is right and that there is no God. That there is no love. That's that's what depression is. It's there's no hope. 
there's no love and there's no hope of love, then that's that just gets darker and darker. So we're we're in it, you know, you, nothing's going wrong. You're just in the free fall. Yeah. Is that a song? <laughs> Tom Petty. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was just watching uh, this movie, Above Us Only Sky. There's a story of, uh, of Yoko and Yoko Ono and John Lennon at, at, at Tittenhurst, this beautiful green 99-acre uh, white mansion with with trees and woods around it, and and they they made a handmade lake there for them and everything. But but uh, this was after the Beatles, so uh, John was there in rural England in this Tittenhurst, and he was trying to make his own. Studio. He completely turned his back. They turned their back on Apple Records. Now they were going to be the Plastic Ono Band, and he completely was letting go of Beetle John because he just wanted to be John. He didn't want to be Beetle John. He wanted to let go of that identity. You can see the Holy Spirit is always helping us loosen from the past in some way. And for John Lennon, he was trying to let go of the Beatles. The Beatles had broken up. He was no longer interested in the Beatles or joining uh, back with the Beatles. He was just, uh, he was in his, he was finding Yoko. <laughs> That's, which is a sign that I saw one time when I was coming to this house. I, I was driving over here, what was that, back around the late 2018, 19, and it was a, a sign on the, on the post it said find Yoko and I looked at it it was about a cat that was missing Yoko but then I came here and showed the movie Above Us Only Sky and I said we need to find Yoko we all know about John none of us know about Yoko well Yoko was so deep that one time she she set up an, an art showing uh, in New York City and then she didn't show up for her own art showing and when the head of Apple Records called her and said, there was supposed to be an art showing. And she said, oh yeah, that's, uh, that art showing, that's, that's, it's conceptual. And the head of Apple Records said, what does it mean? It's conceptual. I saw the ad in the paper. It was like three-day art show or something, and, and you're saying it's conceptual. She said, yes, it's, it's just in my mind, she said. She set up an art show. She didn't show up for her own art show. The people showed up, but there was no Yoko, and she told the head of Apple Records, it's conceptual, it's just in my mind. That's deep. That's Course in Miracles stuff right there. And he was like, you know, he, had, he couldn't even believe it. But, but that's actually what Jesus is teaching us, is that you have... You're imagining a conceptual world. And yet if you let yourself be guided, you will drop through this realm of concepts into an actual experience of light and remember who you are. So 
the first step is starting to not take the world so seriously. Because if it's conceptual, then that must mean Denmark is conceptual. I was over in, in Europe one time, and, and I seemed to be doing a lot of gatherings, and they, somebody came up to me, I forget if it was in Germany or Holland or Sweden or one of the countries, maybe it was Denmark, and they said, what's going on in the United States right now? And I said, what is the United States? They said, the United States, what's going on in the United States now? And I said, no, right here and now is everything. It, it's, I was giving my yoko, it's conceptual. Uni United States is a belief. Denmark is a belief. Some of you remember John and Yoko did that song, Imagine. Imagine there's no country. I wonder if you can. Nothing to kill or die for. A brotherhood of man. You know, in the song, it says, imagine there's no country. That's Course in Miracles. That's Zen Buddhism. That's let your mind drift into the, the truth and the reality of, of what it truly is. Don't, don't get caught up in the concepts. Because the concepts are all made up by the ego. And so if you ever reach a point where you're caught between two self-concepts, like stay or go, like uh, continue on or go back, uh, or it could be anything. Like Eric is thinking of that, like what, what, am I, what am I going back to? If there's conflicting cons concepts in the mind, Jesus is saying you have to resolve that conflict in your mind because it is a conflict in the mind. You just have made up different self-concepts, of course from the ego belief, and now you're, you're playing the pick and choose between this concept and that concept. Erica might be saying, yeah, there's, I, I can play the wife and mother concept, or I can jet set around the world and go to beaches in Bali, and <laughs> I can think of a few other ways to use my... But these are competing self-concepts. And, and in the sense, we can't really have both. And, and what Jesus is basically saying is, in the end, you've, you can't have neither or any of them that all spiritual teachers, all the saints and mystics have said, empty your mind of everything you think you think and think you know. That's what Buddha taught. That's what Ramana Maharshi taught. That's what Yogananda taught. That's what all the saints and mystics have said. Empty your mind of the concepts. And Jesus is telling us because they're competing concepts and you don't know who you are, and you keep trying to pit one against the other, and always there is sacrifice. If I take this one, I'm going to sacrifice the other. If I go for that one, I'm going to sacrifice this. You know, the ego is saying you have to take the good with the bad, but it doesn't tell you that it made up the good and the bad in terms of concepts, and, and that there are no better or worse self-concepts. The only one Jesus is saying that you can go for safely is forgiveness. Forgiveness itself is a concept as well. Because in heaven there are no concepts. But, but Jesus is telling us that forgiveness is the one concept that leads away from all the rest. You see how significant that is? To forgive is to give yourself an escape hatch from the world. 
That's what he means in Lesson 23, I can escape from the world I see by giving up attack thoughts. So, when you go deeper, and, and that's what you're saying, Amelia, you are going deeper, and it's getting to be intense the more you kind of drop down toward the light. But also, you start to, to realize that as you go deeper, Jesus says you are approaching the, the origin or the beginning of your thought system. And as you approach the beginning, you feel the fear of loss. You feel the fear of the destruction of your thought system. And that's what we would call mysticism. That's why all the saints and mystics have written about it. Saint John of the Cross called it Dark Night of the Soul. They went through it. They faced it. And it's not like your, your true self is going through the dark night of the soul. Uh, in fact, if the soul is eternal, do you think it really has a dark night? <laughs> you know, that's even a joke to think that a, a soul, a creation, a eternal creation of God can go through a dark night. That's just a description of how it feels when you're dropping, when you're dropping through everything else. It feels like you feel the fear of the destruction of your thought system. And that's the time for faith, you know. There, there really is, is no other way around it, you know. I, there's, you can see that as you drop and you start to feel the fear, the ego will kick and scream and it will come up with all kinds of alternatives. It's just spewing, generating anything, any alternative but to continue dropping. You know, and the alternative will work. Thank you for listening to this edition of Awakening to True Happiness with modern-day mystic David Hoffmeister. You can access more of David's teachings by visiting his website at davidhoffmeister.com. Tune in to David again next week on Evolutionary Voices for the Quantum Age, heard Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern on the Dream Vision 7 radio network.